brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Okay, today we're going to be talking about uh, being suddenly disabled. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have disabilities, and disabilities are not just tangible, meaning they're not just stuff that you can see. There's also psychological uh, uh, disabilities that often people have or have avoided, uh, have not addressed, and those things can also often just completely uh, disable someone's life. They, they, there's some uh, mental disabilities such as bipolar or schizophrenia that can actually become who you are, where, where the disability actually becomes more of who you are than you yourself because they are so severe. So, you know, it may be described as a disadvantage that prevents normal achievement but or an inability to pursue an activity or an occupation because of physical or mental impairment. You know, psychological symptoms uh, are often uh, associated with even physical disabilities, like suffering from an injury leading to physical, uh, psychological uh, disability is similar to going through a mourning process. And it's similar to mourning a loss, for example, of a loved one or, or mourning process uh, involved in the adjustment to a disability can be divided into many stages uh, or major tasks. And so we're going to kind of go through healing from a disability, but also having to deal with it as a family, having to deal with it as finding work uh, and all kinds of things to look at this thing in several different angles. You know, uh, there, there is a shock and a denial, and an anger, and a depression, and an adjustment, and an acceptance involved in any sudden disability. These are things that you don't choose to have, you, you don't expect them to have in your life, but they often take over. They often become your new identity. You know, there's four stages of adjustment that are often suggested with disabilities. Number one is the shock which is it's, it's basically numbness or a, a personal and emotional numbness. And it, it, it's like, I cannot believe this has happened to me, period. And it's overwhelming for folks that have had maybe a limb uh, been taken off or, or smashed or, or gotten a car accident and have some kind of disability going on with their eyesight or any kind of physical thing or even mental thing. Then there's the denial process. This, this is a defense mechanism that may allow the implication of an injury to be gradually introduced. And denial is only uh, maladaptive. Not, not a very good adapting process when it interferes with the treatment or rehabilitation efforts. Denial is being faced with the fact that it's, it's too uncomfortable at that time to accept and, and, and you just want to reject it and, and insist that it is not true despite what may be overwhelming evidence that it is true. And that stage is a normal stage. The next stage that's often suggested is anger and depression. And this is the reaction to the acceptance of the loss and, and, and to change social status and treatment based on this new disability. And uh, this may include withdrawal, internalized hostility, self-blame, worthlessness, suicidal ideations, or grief. 
And individuals may grieve for their change in their body image, in their function, in their former satisfaction that may be derived, or for the loss of future expectations based on the function that is now lost. You know, adjustment and acceptance is another suggested phase that follows. And this stage does not necessarily imply happiness about one's disability. However, it allows the relinquishment of false hopes and successful adaption of new roles based on the realistic limitations and the new potential. So a person may benefit from seeing other people in similar situations and and the individual feels more comfortable with the change itself. Now, these stages are normal and expectable. However, they are not neat and orderly. People progress through these stages at different paces and, and may skip stages actually altogether. So the adjustment difficulties exist when a person has difficulty resolving one of these stages and getting stuck and, and they thereby they, they halt in their movement towards health. And, and that's mental health. You know, I, I've often I heard a man speak one time and he was in a wheelchair and he had no uh, ability to use his body from the neck down. And he he uh, spoke about he was driving actually to his wedding and uh, got in a car crash. And that's how he ended up in that particular uh, disability. But what he said is, that, you know, I have maybe half a million possibilities of what I could do with my life when I was in my body as it was. And now maybe I've got about 250,000. But those are the things that I have. And if I focus on what I don't have, I'm going to have a really hard time adapting to my disability. You know, uh, all the wonderful theories and professionals in the world may not be able to fix your condition, even though they would love to if they could. But, uh, you know, it's true that we all go through different stages of the mourning or the loss. But what's the most important thing is to try to find healthy coping, healthy coping and acceptance, and then functioning with that disability, not looking at it as a disability, but looking at it as an opportunity. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up anybody's butt. I mean, this is truly where it's got to go if life is going to have senses of fulfillment and senses of understanding. Because basically, when you're disabled, other people look at you through the mirror of you, how you're adapting to your disability. If you're adapting to your disability, then other people will accept the way you've accepted. But if you haven't adapted to your disability, many people will have a hard time uh, accepting because they see you struggling with the same problem. You know, it's really important that you understand as much as possible if you suddenly become disabled. You know, what is the formal diagnosis, especially if it's a mental disability? You know, what is the typical progression to your conditions? Or what should you expect? Is there any way to minimize the affects and learning what is going on with your body and being aware of your emotions will make a huge difference for you and those around you. So, you know, life is about change. Life is an adaptive process and it's an evolutionary process. And so change in your life has now occurred and you probably don't like it because you didn't sign up for it but and you didn't ask for it and you definitely don't want it, but it has happened. So subsequently, changes and adjustments and adaptations have to be made. And that's probably the toughest part, you know, but but that is the reality. So in the end, it is what you 
will do to keep your life going, living, not just existing. And there, there's no clear guide that is correct for every person. And, you know, it's different for each person. You know, that's the cause or diagnosis of your disability. Broken toe, broken neck. What is the typical prognosis progression of the disability? And, and what typically happens to people with the situation you know, what kind of person you were before this happened? What kind of personality do you have, optimistic or pessimistic? What kind of support do you have? Giant family, many friends, just a pet goldfish. You know, what is the financial effect? You know, these are questions that have to come to mind because that all depends on how you're going to adapt to becoming disabled. And one part of the, the, the basic formula is to minimize the effect of the disability has on your life. Don't let it be the only thing you focus on every waking moment of your existence. Your disability must walk with you. You do not want to make it become you. You, you know, you must discover things that you can do that can be performed in spite of any limitations the disability creates. And this is tough, especially at first. But believe me, it's possible and it can work. You know, another part of the formula of successfully adapting and adjusting is to avoid falling into the trap of I used to. I used to play hockey. I used to run. I used to build houses. I used to walk. I used to blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, life is different now. You're different now. So that's what you need to do now. You need to live in the moment. You need to live in the life you're in, not in the life you had. And guess what? The great news that you can still do some of those things. And you have to have the incentive to utilize the skills, the abilities, the equipment, the people you have now, as well as do the research and make new contacts. You know, when you hear somebody say, like, I used to to be able to button my shirt with my hands. Now I can't. Well, use a, a, a button hook, you know, and that may help you button it yourself or have the shirt buttoned ahead of time. And put it on instead or have a willing person button it for you or, or use Velcro or, or forget about shirts with buttons and wear one that is a pullover. You know, it, it's it's or you may want to join a nudist colony and never have to wear clothes again. You know, the, these are the possibilities that you need to look at. You know, what do I what can I do? You know, you get the idea. You know, it takes courage, determination and persistence. And you probably won't be successful at first. And you just don't want to give up. You want to be creative. You want to find resources. You want to live your life. And that is important. You know, there are people and groups out there who would love to assist you. Be willing to ask for help. If you're so stubborn that you don't want other people to help you, you're going to have a hell of a time with any kind of mental or physical disability. You know, there, there's, uh, there is no measuring device to determine whether you have adjusted, adapted, or accepted your disability. It's a work in progress all the time. And, and sometimes you clearly experience success or you feel it in your heart. And some days it seems good. Some days it doesn't. Some days the failure is in your face or running down your leg. Sometimes you find out uh, from a loved one when they they slap your back or your head that the dog is biting your ankle you know you're paying attention and may are you you're made to pay attention because you are disabled and sometimes it will just introduce itself because you forget you know the certain that now we have to wonder what legally qualifies for a psychological disability there's many physical disabilities that we can all talk about but we'd be going on for hours about that but here are the basics 
of what can be considered in severe circumstances to become a disability legally. Hopelessness, which is depression, insomnia, hyperinsomnia, decreased or, or increased appetite, a lethargy, you know, bouts of crying, irritability, feelings of guilt. That's what depression is all about. So depression is one uh, considered to be one disability that can, in severe circumstances, impede your life. Bipolar disorder, and it's it's formerly known as manic depression, which is mood swings from low, low, uh, overly high or manic and sometimes irritable to sad and hopeless. And sometimes it comes in rapid cycling where with bipolar, they can go from Jekyll to Hyde in, in seconds. Um, but oftentimes in that bipolar manic state, people are not themselves. They're either euphoric or they're super depressed. Um, and there's also a middle process, meaning that they're functional, but they're not, uh, they're not very well balanced. Some people with bipolar can work. Some people would not severe bipolar, but bipolar twos, which are the milder form of bipolar, are not considered to be disabled people. But fully bipolar uh, people can become uh, legally disabled. Uh, generalized anxiety and panic disorder, which uh, these can be disabilities, excessive anxiety and worry, reoccurring panic attacks. Also, some people are obsessive compulsive. And that, that's the obsessive compulsive disorder. And if it's severe, like they're always cleaning or they're always distracted on their rituals that they've formed throughout a day and their whole life becomes a ritual, a big coping mechanism. And some people with OCD have uncontrollable thoughts, repetitive behaviors. Uh, some people have social phobia, which is a fear of social situations. Those people can be disabled. Obviously, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, which is difficulty concentrating, hypervigilance, difficulty uh, falling asleep or staying asleep, constant irritability, that is also something that is qualified legally as a uh, disability. Schizophrenia is an organic disorder, and it's basically, a, with men, it happens usually early, and this is in general, that men usually start to fully bloom into schizophrenia around 18 years old. What's strange is, with women, it's around 28 when they fully bloom. So, it, it, men and women have a different uh, timing when schizophrenia comes around. So, so, so a woman may be out there in the workforce functioning as highly as an executive or whatever, but all of a sudden, schizophrenia, which is a very progressive disorder, can take over who they are. And, and what is schizophrenia? Well, it's a distorted perception of reality. Hallucinations often accommodate it, delusions, disorganized thoughts and speech, a lack of an emotional expression. Also, eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia can also be considered legally disabling uh, uh, disorders. Now, once again, all of these have to be severe for them to be legally define you as a person with a disability. Now, unhealthy, uh, what is uh, anorexia or bulimia? It's unhealthy preoccupation with food and weight and purging, binging. Reducing uh, your uh, caloric intake often leading to physical or health problems. You know, bulimia is often people will eat a whole lot and then they'll throw it all up. They'll stick their finger down their mouth and go barf it up. You know, the deal is, is how do we accept a disability? You know, if you want to accept that you're disabled and, and you want to you wanna find a good listener, you know, facing the reality that you have a lifelong disability is very hard. 
like, like an alcoholic. Until you accept you have alcoholism, you will never take control of the problem. Only when you accept that you have the disability can you look at the future. No, you know, if you hold on to the past, you will never move forward. To do this, you need to seek out a good listener who is understanding and non-judgmental. You know, the other thing is, accepting you're disabled doesn't mean you're not capable. You know, it's an understanding and an acceptance that you have to make changes in the way you do things. Without the acceptance of the reality of your situation, you won't achieve the attitude necessary. And believe me, attitude is everything to move forward. So find someone to talk to that will listen to you on your terms. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about accepting and coping. And then we're going to talk about the impact on families and how families can also walk walk through the disability and help be a part of the healing process and the new normal that everyone is having to adapt to. You know, families make a great big sacrifice too. And I'm not trying to put guilt on people that are disabled, but they have huge sacrifices that they have to make to accommodate a disability. All right, come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but... If you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about becoming suddenly disabled. 
You know, it's the acceptance process is very difficult. And, and I early on, I went through the stages. But what's important is that you are allow yourself to mourn the loss of what you no longer can do. And this is tough, but it is necessary. You don't want to dwell on what you can no longer do, but it, you know that will prevent you from moving forward. But you want to focus on what you can do and find ways to do new things. You know, find the proper tools and accept them. Don't let them define who you are. You're a soul living a human life. Just because your human life is affected by a disability doesn't mean your soul still doesn't have work to do in this life that can impact you and all the people who you can help. You know, you really want to find the tools. If your disability requires you uh, to have a device to enable you to live a, a fuller life, then use the device. Use it. You know, please check out, you know, check your ego at the door. You know, if you've discovered that many people uh, with disabilities may look disabled, but they are in good places in their life. They're happy. They're functioning because their soul is actually thriving and doing things that they are talented and good at doing. You know, uh, and if it requires further education to, to use your mind instead of your body, that is so important. You know, it's nice to know that your wisdom is more important than your body. You know, wisdom can carry you a long way. You know, education is the one thing that no one can ever take away from you. If you become somebody that's an expert in any kind of area, nobody can ever take that from you. And so it's important to value education because if you're disabled, that education may buy you a future that you never dreamed of when you had a healthy body or a healthy mind. You know, you also you want to look for people that have disabilities similar to yours that inspire you. You know, you want to look for people who inspire and let them reach, uh, you know, and teach you that anything is possible. You know, you also want to allow yourself to be sad. If you're sad, be sad. You know, give yourself permission to be. One sad day here and there will go a long way to having the right attitude. It gives you a baseline. You know, you also, people that become disabled often do not exercise. You need to exercise regularly if you become disabled, and that includes a mental disability. If you become severely depressed, you need to get off your butt and stop doing what your emotions tell you and do what your body needs you to do. Function. To exercise, you know, if you're negotiating whether you're going to exercise based on how you feel, you will never, ever be consistent. You know, you also want to retrain yourself for something that you can do. If you no longer can work in your career of choice, find a career that you can do. Suck up your pride. Do what you need to do to retrain. And in the end, you'll feel good about yourself. Also, you know, think about coping. You know, you want to organize. If people that are, have a disability, the quicker they get on their feet, they need to maintain an organization and they want to do it properly. Number one, keeping their room, their body, their lifestyle clean, organized. That can really lower the stress levels and help you be more confident. Find help with any household tasks if you can't do them yourself. If you're not capable of cleaning up after yourself, doing your own laundry, preparing your own meals, there are still several options. Ask family for help. If you have family members who are willing, this is usually the best choice. However, you don't want to let real de uh, dependence uh, uh, attract 
uh, codependence. Sometimes the risk of getting help from family is it traps them in an unhealthy family relationship where they're now uh, codependent and you're codependent on them, you know, especially where they believe in, in abuse or, or, or patronizing, you know, understand your family's relationships. And if it appears that you're being harmed by the interaction, seek other sources. You know, a second option is to ask friends for help and reciprocate with things that you can do for them. If you lack mobility, then, and you're good at maybe writing web pages or fixing computers or, or you know, giving them uh, advice on certain stuff or listing, you know, auction items on online. Maybe you can trade that work on a friend's uh, website by and listing items to sell and in return for housekeeping help for you. You know, naturally, you don't want to continue the help when it's not reciprocated. Your time and effort are as valuable as the able-bodied person. You know, another uh, uh, reliable option, if you can get it, is to seek low school resources for independent living with disabilities. You know, some cities, counties, hospital programs, and so on, they have charities or government programs that can help disabled people uh, close the gaps in their self-care needs. And you may be able to get a personal assistant who's paid to come over and spend time with you, run errands, drive you around if you're incapable of doing these things on your own. And that, you know, if you search online or, or uh, you know, phone your local hospitals, clinics, government offices, uh, social services groups, uh, you know, ask for contact numbers. Don't give up thinking there is nothing offered. You don't know what resources you have until you've checked them out. You also want to consider moving to a new city or area where better resources are made available to help disabled people live independently. You know, you have a right to live in a clean, comfortable environment and to get help keeping a clean body. And if you can't manage this on your own, it's not your fault. And if you can't do these things on your own, it's it's not a character flaw. You know, moving to a better resource community may actually help you. You also want to accept help uh, graciously and actively seek better alternatives if people helping you are, are, are patronizing or cruel or abusive. You know, it's, it's important in the long term, you know, what's acceptable in an emergency may be any, uh, any port from the storm, but don't let yourself be trapped in a bad situation. Seek helplines, outside assistance from state or provincial or regional or federal, national agencies, charities, if you're in a bad situation and you need help getting out of it. Once again, exercise often, plenty of exercise in any way that you can. If you're in a wheelchair, then ask your doctor about exercise options for you. There are a lot of them. If you're not able to, to do exercise and get all the mental exercise, you can't. Don't be ashamed if you can't exercise the way other people do. Exercises are designed for people with standard bodies and a full set of normal abilities. Don't measure your progress against other people who don't have your disability. And you also want to remember, Special Olympics has it right. Everyone's a winner. If you manage any exercise at all or any improvement in physical function, you've won something. Effort does count a lot more than it would with someone that's disabled. Don't expect your, your results to be the same as someone who is able and decides to change a sedentary lifestyle. The next thing is, is you want to be polite and stay calm 
with obnoxious people because there's a lot of them. You know, even if somebody makes fun of you, there are ways to turn around the situation. When someone makes fun of you, keep your dignity. Be aware that that heckler has just destroyed their reputation. It is, it's sad to look at them, not you, because they are so ugly on the inside. You know, a, a sarcastic uh, a remark or two can sometimes help you feel better. You know, judged by your timing and reactions of people around that heckler, you know, you can always be funnier than they are, or you could just say that's sad for you, or you could just be quiet and not respond at all. Because if you don't respond, they're left with what they did, and everybody is left to just look at what an asshole they really are. You know, you, you, you know. Play to your audience, not the idiot. You don't want to change that person's mind, but you can make them look as foolish as, as they're really behaving. And be aware that many people are nervous about how to act around someone who's disabled. You know, they're afraid of embarrassing themselves and they may be patronizing, uh, you know, without really realizing or intending to be patronizing. You know, a lot of people don't know how to cope with being faced with a disability in front of them with someone having a disability that they need to interact with. But you want to be firm when uh, refusing unnecessary help. There's another, you know, that's a big social uh, pitfall. And you also want to be generous with other people's uh, nervousness. Educate them politely. You know, help them accept the fact that, that you're disabled and you know that they're a little uncomfortable with it. You know, educate them once, once you've used... Uh, it to you know to talk to them about it and bring it up consciously. You know, many people seem to hold the idea that disabled people ought to be pathetically grateful for unwanted advice or any any attention at all. But the more you don't play these games, the easier it is to start filtering your your acquaintances for people who treat you with respect. And that includes family. That includes friends. When you're suddenly disabled, I will tell you, you are going to likely change loyalty of family members, loyalty of friends, and, and there's suddenly going to be a lot of different people looking at you differently and replaying how you're going to be in their life. And, and so you may lose friends. You may lose family because they don't want to have to deal with the disability. And it's sad, but it's true. So you want to be open to finding new people in your life that you can call family and you can call friends because those people understand and are not going to be a problem for you. And so you want to eliminate the bad people in your life. And you also want to demand respect and stay calm when you do. You know, keep your head in the face of all social challenges. You know, the most important thing is to not use your words with a lot of, of uh, assertion of body language or of tone. You want to keep your, your voice flat and straight when you confront people. Be the adult. You know, speak to your emotions. You know, I'm really sad you feel this way or I'm really uh, uh, upset or I'm very frustrated that you feel like you, you seem to be so uncomfortable around me. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. You know, so state your emotions. You don't have to demonstrate them and you don't have to use tone. You know, there, there's a stereotype that disabled people must be sweet and saintly and nice to everyone and never have a bad day. Being nice to everyone on the first meeting and cutting people some slack for initial bad reactions can help. But if it doesn't help, you want to seek effective, assertive ways to deal with difficult people. Learn which friends that you can genuinely trust and don't let be nice to everyone become 
and, and be everyone's doormat, never express anything negative. You don't want to be this way. Be yourself. That is so important. And number, you know, the other thing about coping is you always want to let yourself grieve and grow, go through the stages of grief about your disability. You don't want to beat yourself up if you're not nice to people. You know, you, you, you have bad days. You are a human. You, you're entitled. Don't give yourself less slack than you gave yourself when you were in another state of mind or another state of body. You know, and you also don't want to be surprised you know, if people start to think of you as brave. You know, when you're done grieving and you've become used to something as every day, it stops being a crisis or a tragedy. And at the point, your disability is just the way things are and you're used to it. And this kind of reaction can feel patronizing. So, you know, that's fair and normal, even when people are trying to be kind and supportive. But, you know, if, if they're giving you over compliments about how brave and how wonderful you are, you, you want to be humble. You know, thank them that they see it that way. But, you know, you're a normal person. And you also uh, want to take advantage of what can be done. You know, some conditions like blindness or loss of limb require excessive uh, retraining to use the prosthetics or the life strategies that can enrich your life. You know, you you don't want to you want to embrace the tools that you have to to get past your disability. You also want to try to overcome prejudice. You know, a person of a different religion, a race, a culture, a social class may have a lot more experience dealing with prejudice, you, you know, that you live with. And, and so, you know, working with people of a different race, a different culture, a, a different social class may be of service to you because they may have a deeper understanding. If you're severe, if you're disabled, get a hobby. Find something that you like to take your mind off things. You know, if it's sewing, if it's woodworking, if it's scrapbooking, if it's painting, if it's making websites, if it's writing, bird watching, collecting, you know, explore your interests with a hobby. That is healthy. You also want to get Internet access and a decent computer if you have the financial resources to do it. You may have to actually just speak it to the computer because you may not have the limbs to, to actually make it function. But what's important is if you have... Uh, um, a decent computer, that can be very helpful to a person who is disabled, especially in seeking resources and uh, chat rooms and ways in which you can relate to other people who have disabilities. Um, remember, money isn't the only measure of success in life. If, if your money uh, situation has gone down when you are disabled, don't be surprised. That's part of it. But you have to adapt to what you have, not what you don't have. And, and, you know, always, always you want to do your best when you're disabled and your best may be less than what it was before the disability came into your life. You know, here's the impact on families. You know, disability places uh, a lot of extra demands or challenges on a family system. Most of these demands last for a long time. And many of these challenges cut across the disability type, the age of the person with the disability, the type of family in which the person lives. You know, there's a financial burden usually associated with getting uh, health, education, social services with somebody that's disabled. Buying or renting equipment and devices can be excessive. You know, making accommodations to the home, to transportation, to medications, to special foods. You know, for many with these financial terms, a person or family may be eligible 
for reimbursements and, uh, and from an insurance company or a public funded uh, program such as Medicaid or supplemental security income. However, knowing what services and programs is eligible for, that you're eligible for is another challenge uh, because you know it, it, you may want to seek an expert, somebody that has already been through this problem that that can help you get that. And online is usually the best place, or departments of social services or charities. You know, families need help. Don't just be a closed family unit. When you have a disability in your family, you no longer should be a closed family unit. You need to seek other resources that can help you. And that may be a therapist. That may be uh, uh, another person that deals with disabilities. It may be a charity. It may be friends that you know that have other sources to help you. We're going to take another break. We're going to talk about the impact on families and how families can cope. We're also going to talk about uh, disabled people's job hunting and the companies that hire people with disabilities. And we may even get to the work opportunity tax credits that businesses can have uh, that they can get from the government for hiring people with disabilities. And we're also going to talk, hopefully, about travel advice. Come back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, now, you know, looking at the impact on families, let's, let's be realistic. You know, I, I'm, I'm, just pose yourself with this question. You know, what if somebody was mentally retarded in your family and then you uh, have a new partner and you guys are discussing having a life together and biological children together. How do you how do you think that's going to impact the way that you live? You know, when people have disabilities, especially organic disabilities that 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 come through childbirth, they come through life, they come through your health. These things, you know, diabetes, these things can affect everybody in the family because it's potential that they carry a gene or they have an issue also. 
uh, that may affect them later in their life. You know, uh, it's so it's important to understand that uh, also that caretaking responsibilities from a family is enormous burden. And so, you know, just being a closed family unit, if somebody just tries to deal with the, the embarrassment or whatever they want to call it of somebody being disabled, that is very important for them to get other people to help them, to reach out so that the family and so a certain spouse or, 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 a, or a sister or a female or a mother don't have to consume their life trying to help the person that's disabled. It needs to be a tribe of people trying to help that person so they can have a healthy life. The more you close off a person with a disability, the more limited their possibilities are and the more depressing their situation is. So families, it's important to reach out beyond yourselves and get the support groups of people that are out there to help. And, and they will help you. You know, having a purpose in life to help other people is so important and so motivating for many, many, many people. You know, the overall stress is also important for family members to seek mental health uh, with maybe going to therapy because they're so stressed out trying to help their partner or their mom or their dad or their sister or brother or cousin, whatever, that is disabled. If it's, you know, if they're stressing out, they need to manage their own emotion, uh, emotional climate also, not just the problems that they have in life personally, but the problems and the energy that they have to participate in helping the person that's disabled's life. You know, it's important to manage that time and that stress and be able to understand when it's too overwhelming to, uh, to, to deal with that disability on particular days, weeks, or months. You know, uh, also, you have to look at the impact on the disability and the overall factors that, that leave you with options of how to deal with the disability. You need to become creative and resourceful and understand and accept that, yes, I now have somebody in my life who's disabled, and now I need to take more responsibility for how this impacts me too. And that means you need to have resources and people that have this disability in their life and see how their families deal with it. You know, social uh, networking can be very helpful in this area of finding healthy families that are dealing with a particular disability and being able to share ideas and how you can help each other. It's very important to understand what's out there if you're a family member because you are impacted by a particular disability. You know, uh, um, you know, what's also important is let's say a child is disabled. It's really important to understand the age of the parents because the age of the parents, uh, if they have a disabled child, they may need more help because they may be older or they may be younger and they don't have the maturity to deal with the disability. You know, uh, and so the deal is, is you have to look at the factors of how creative can this person be? Do they have the resources or do they have the energy to help on this particular disability? So once again, you know, there's a lot of factors that, that surround uh, people with disabilities. Now, how do you want to uh, uh, interact with people that are disabled? You know, uh, well, people that are disabled really don't like severe words like you're retarded or, you know, hurtful language that can be uh, used. That when they hear people that use that kind of language, you know, uh, that can be very hard 
on people that are disabled because they may not want to have a relationship with you anymore because it may hurt them. So if you're around people that are disabled, it is best not to use harsh language labeling people because they know that you might be labeling them also. You know, you have to also understand when you're acting, uh, um, when you're interacting with people that are disabled, that some disabilities are invisible. So judgmental comments can be very harsh and very uh, 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 taken. You know, if individuals who have visual impairments often use uh, white canes or seeing eye dogs to help them navigate. Everyone knows that a wheelchair indicates someone does not have the full use of their legs, but the person dealing with the, the muscle weakness who can walk, uh, maybe with, with some difficulty, may look completely capable to a casual observer. And so, you know, we want to go through life understanding that just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there when it comes to disabilities. You know, it's okay to, to ask people questions that are disabled. You know, it's, it's okay to introduce that and, and just be curious of how you know, they're dealing with that and how that was for them, that experience of becoming disabled and letting them tell their story. You want to be considerate and empathetic in that way. Not sympathetic, empathetic. Sympathetic is buying the problem and getting into it and trying to solve it for the other person. Empathetic means that must be very difficult for you to deal with. That's empathy, is being able to just acknowledge that they're, what they're going through must be very hard. So disabled job hunting, you know, you want to find a job, you know, it, it is not easy when you're disabled. And, you know, for anybody in this market, absolutely, it is hard to find a job. But for people that are disabled, it can be very daunting. You know, there's a tendency among people to make assumptions. And so here's some tools that you want to do. Keep the focus on what you can do and not what you can't. All job seekers must convince the interviewer that they're up to the job requirements. If you need to ask for accommodations, phrase it in terms like, as long as I'm able to get my wheelchair in the door, I can attend any kind of meeting and give you any kind of help. You know, uh, anybody that is interviewing, they're usually more convinced by someone who offers a detailed plan of how that disability can be adapted to in the job environment. You know, discuss how you're going to be able to go from from building A to building B, you know, four times a day in a wheelchair. Explain the possibilities of how you can get things done creatively. Think out of the box because they don't think from a disabled mindset. So you want to give them ways that you can do things that they need accommodated for a job. You also want to discuss only what's necessary about your disability. You know, if you're asked in in an interview on the fifth floor of a building whether whether, uh, no elevator is going to be uh, available to you, uh, then express, well, hey, you know, maybe we could do the job here or maybe I could do it from home or maybe I could do it, you know, whatever. You also want to discuss how you can do transportation, you know, what transportation is available to you and how that it will impact the hours that you can work. You also don't, you know, show, don't tell, you know, point to previous jobs or if you don't have any internships or volunteer work that you do to demonstrate that you can do the job. You want to be confident. The attitude of the job seeker has a huge impact on whether or not they get the job. And you also want to educate yourself. You know, many groups or websites offer 
uh, help for workers with disabilities. And the Department of Labor also offers resources for job hunters for disabilities. And there's also the job accommodation network that's out there on the Internet, and you can also actually call it. Now, here's six major companies. These are corporations that hire people with disabilities. IBM Corporation is number one, international business system, and, and, and they lead the pack when it comes to being disabled friendly. You know, the company is an American technology consulting company. It puts a heavy emphasis on recruiting, hiring, and retaining workers with disability. IBM even requires all employees to participate in a disability awareness training program. Procter & Gamble is another company, and the owner of brands such as uh, Crest, Tide, Folgers, Head & Shoulders, is a multinational manufacturer of a wide assortment of products, and the company also caters to a wide assortment of ability uh, disabilities by offering people with disabilities employee group uh, uh, to encourage and, and an inclusive workplace to, to support people that work with disabilities. Ernst & Young is a multinational uh, professional services firm and it has received many awards uh, for diversifying and for its efforts uh, in hiring employees with disabilities. This company offers disability awareness training for all of its employees as well as alternative career tracks and opportunity to telecommute. Uh, Cisco Systems, which is an uh, American multinational technology company, designs, manufactures, sells networking equipment. And so this company makes a disability-friendly list for offering alternative career tracks and telecommuting opportunities for disabled employees. They even offer health care incentives as well as on-site uh, health centers and pharmacies. S.C. Johnson is a fifth-generation family that is responsible for many leading global household brands such as Glade, Pledge, uh, Windex, and Off. And, and where disabilities are concerned, S.C. Johnson has assembled an Abilities First Council to support and advocate for disabled employees. Also, there's a company called Sedexco. Sodexco is a food service and facilities management corporation. This company is especially noteworthy due to the SOAR program, which stands for Sodexco Organization of Disabilities Resources. And this is a group that provides disability awareness training as well as serves as to hire and retain employees with disabilities. So there's always possibilities out there for people with disabilities to get help. Now, if you're a business, you know, there's a primary federal tax credit that benefits employers who hire workers with disabilities. It's called the Work Opportunity Tax Credit. And you may want to bring that up to an employer that you could actually get tax credit for administering and hiring people uh, with disabilities. And this comes from the U.S. Department of Labor's Employment and Training Administration, ETA. And also uh, WOTC, which is the Work Opportunity Tax Credit, provides support to employers by re reimbursing a percentages of the wages for up to two years. And the maximum amount of, of, of uh, reimbursement varies based on the background of the individual hired. So, uh, you know, it's huge. This impacts the business. And they say, wow, that helps our bottom line. Plus, we get a talented employee. Now, here's some ideas about travel. It's very important when you're disabled to plan ahead big time. 
You know, you need to find out what locations are wheelchair accessible or accessible to your disability or not accessible. You need to find out what resources are available to you in the place that you want a vacation. You also want to book hotels far in advance that are surrounded by those resources. You also want to make sure that the hotel accommodation is there for you for whatever the disability you have. You also want to carefully plan your route if you're physically disabled, you know, so that you'll be able to get to where you need to go in a very safe way to where your disability is accommodated. You also want to stay in the most uh, accessible parts of town when you're disabled, and you want to have a backup plan when you're not. You know, if you opt for a tour, make sure that they have the, the accessibility to help you with your disability on the flattest, the smoothest, and the shortest tour uh, routes before you take the tour. You also might uh, uh, hire, or if you're going to hire a guide, you want to ask questions like, is the tour guide a licensed professional? How much training has a guide received? What tests have they passed, especially if you have a physical or mental disability? And, and you may want to ask about the route. Or uh, if it's a private tour, will you be with other travelers? How many people with disabilities have uh, been on your tour in the past year? You know, but especially the one thing you want to do is enjoy your trip. You want to have uh, light uh, accommodations for your for your ability to be disabled, meaning that you don't have heavy uh, manual wheelchair or pop up. T- you know, you know, you want to take a backpack maybe. Uh, you want to. St- Store your day pack underneath your chair if you have a wheelchair. Bathrooms uh, often are a huge hassle. You want to figure that out, you know, uh, whether the building has elevators or not. You know, it's important to, to contact tourism offices and local transit providers before you travel if you're disabled. So keep a positive attitude. That's our show. The next show we're going to do is the need for closure. I want to thank everybody for listening. I would love to hear from you, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, some people's death has been caused by using sarcasm at the wrong time. And if you want to take an optimistic view of life, consider that we're all on a continuous free trip around the sun. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. you.